1: To connect with Community Wākato on Free FM 89.0 I am Holly Snape, I am the host and I'm from Community Wākato And today I have brought in our neighbour, CAB neighbour and leader Vicky, how are you going? (laughs) Thank you for that, I appreciate the title leader But it's actually manager
0: at this stage
1: Um, We're going to talk today um, to Vicky about the CAB, about the things they do, about uh, how people might access the service, and about where they're currently located, (laughs) because it's it's not in the usual (laughs) spot, currently not a neighbour of ours actually.
0: So yeah, so hopefully on the 18th of June, so not this Friday, next Friday, we will be closing and moving back to 55 Victoria Street, but at the moment we can be found in the Hamilton City Council Customer Services area. Uh, For
1: walk ins. Our phone number is exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, Emails is exactly the same. It's just face to face. CAB has a really long history in New Zealand. Well, actually, internationally, too, hasn't it? Yeah, so. I th- I'm not pa- I'm not particularly
0: up on the specifics, but I believe that the Citizens Advice Bureau commenced during the war in England, and it was a way for people to find family. So small communities came together to be able to trace people because, of course, there was a lot of relocation during the war. And no internet, and no internet, <laughs> and no mobile phones, and mm. no social check-ins, um, and it started from there, and then it grew over the UK and I believe that it's now in New Zealand and there's only three in Australia, three CABs. Really? So it's not even, yeah, so um, New Zealand has something like 83 bureaus, I mean, Auckland alone has 28. Wow. So um, yeah, it's a really large organisation, it's got a long history, I mean in, in New Zealand it was 1970. We started. Hamilton was
1: 1973. So early, um, early adopters
0: here in Hamilton. Yeah, no, actually, we were really lucky because we had um, Christine Tomaszek, who was our patron. Sadly, she passed away last year, but she started us, and she was actually one of the first community advisors for Hamilton City Council. And she was Polish migrant who'd come here, who'd experienced um, refugees firsthand. Her mother helped former refugees settle. And she really believed in starting community-based organizations. And she actually wanted to start drug rehabilitation spaces in the early 70s. Wasn't that amazing? Right? And, you know, she came out of nowhere and she came up and she said, I think there was already one in Wellington. So she said, we need one in Hamilton. And the mayor gave the first interview as their accreditation. You know, when our interviewers get accreditation, now it's a
1: certificate for the board and a handshake. But when we started, it was the mayor. Who well, that's it. amazing, isn't it? Um, and it, it is incredible work. Has it been consistent? The title. Ty- well. Let's start with the type of work you currently do and then think about whether or not that, that has been the work that has, has historically been done or have we seen changes? Oh no, we've
0: seen massive changes. So I'm, I'm going to flip it back a bit because um, I've been enrolled for about two years. So, you know, we, we went through massive changes before I was even part of the organization. And what's happened, the major difference for us probably in the last sort of 10 years or so is Google. So easy yeah. to find information isn't the reason that people come to us anymore. So it's the citizens advice bureau they used to call up and say like oh what's the number for this person or I, how do we get into this mp. I used to do that quite <laughs> often.
1: I never went to the yellow pages yeah. or, or, or rang yeah, telecom yeah. back in the day it was always just ring cab and exactly. it was great. Yeah, it
0: was great. So we were we were an information finding um, mm. organization and there was you know we actually have an a, a template for writing up quick reference. And that's when we give a phone number or we, we d- redirect someone to another organization. Now, since Google's shown up and everyone has access to the internet on their mobile phones, we found that the people who are coming to us are the ones who can't find information easily. So it's much more complex. Mm. And that's the major change, is that although our stats have probably decreased steadily, the time we're spending with people has increased. I mean, we've got interviews that are going on. I mean, I had someone log in an interview that took 15 hours. Wow. Because it took two or three days. she had to keep coming back in to help this person with their stuff. And okay our average is probably 20 minutes to half
1: an hour but it's yes.
0: bigger than it was before. It used to well, be 5 minutes
1: looking up a phone number. Mm. <laughs> but also I think what's really interesting then when you talk about that is is that complexity of work also would generally equate to a greater impact of work as well. So while you've got perhaps lower numbers the impact of the work that you do is significantly higher. Definitely, definitely. And our volunteers,
0: you know, when we interview now, when we do recruitments, one of the first things I say to them it is a job Yes. You know, you're volunteering, but it is a job in a way, because you have to be very careful about the advice that you're giving. You have to use the systems correctly. But you are spending quite a bit of time with people and you're you're finding out a lot of vulnerable information about someone, even if it's straightforward consumer. You've got clients who are coming in who are embarrassed about the situation they're in. You yes. know you need to make sure that your volunteer is
1: fully prepared to take that on. Uh, absolutely. You've got You've got a, quite a large volunteer team, actually, haven't you? Yeah, at the
0: moment, because we're open, uh, we're, we're kind of closed on a Friday afternoon because um, we, we're recruiting at the moment, but we've got a rostered team of 45 yes, and a total good. team of 56. We yeah. have 56 volunteers at the Citizens Advice Bureau in Hamilton. Yeah. And that's a huge team. And it, I always get that look where people are like, oh, so you're the manager at a cab. That's nice. Yeah. How big's your team? And you're like 56. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
0: And, um, you know, we recruit from all walks of life. You know, our age range at the moment is 19 to 94.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is really important, too, because historically there's been this view that the CAB is is a whole lot of Retired elderly Mm. people with nothing better to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and this is just not the case, eh? We're talking professionals. Yeah. (laughs) Highly skilled, highly knowledgeable, and a big age range. Absolutely. And it's it's quite insulting in a way because, yes, I I would
0: definitely stand by my team and say the majority of them are retired. Yes. Because you're looking at two and a half hours a week during work time. And whilst we have people in their 30s and 40s, these are people whose current circumstances allow them to volunteer. It's not a lifestyle at the moment. Whereas with retired people, their lives allow them to volunteer consistently. So I've had volunteers who have been enrolled for 10, 12 years. Yeah. And they're fantastic. And then we've got law students. We get a lot of students, not just law students. We've got a couple of others. And we get um, sort of first years and second years, who are looking to expand their knowledge base, make them stand out a bit more when it comes to employment. Mm. And it's a fantastic opportunity for them because they have to give advice to people who are at times significantly older than them. And as a 19 or 20 year old, advising someone on an employment policy it can take a lot of
1: confidence, yeah, and it really builds you up. I was just going to say it would build your EQ as well, your your ability to communicate mm. in a sensitive um, situation.
0: Yeah, and I mean we have a, a law student at the moment who's volunteering with us, and when we moved, her her clients followed her, they because they knew where she was, they knew when she worked on a on a Wednesday morning, and they made sure that they found her again. Yeah, because they connected to her so well. Yeah, and that's fantastic for her as a you know as a future lawyer. You know, worst comes to worst, I get a law student who volunteers with us for a year or two, which is fantastic. But then I get a lawyer who's pro-CAB, you know, who knows how people um, react to situation, who understands that... Not everyone has the same access to information, who understands their rights yeah. and knows
1: how to talk to people. It's great. Yeah, Absolutely ideal. So you, 56 volunteers, um, a, a number of them retired people, but they, they've they also got often quite professional backgrounds. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that comes back to the previous point, you know, when people mm. say to
0: to the CAB, oh, you're just a bunch of little old ladies who give up cups of tea and warm hug. I mean, first of all, that's really insulting to little old ladies It is because <laughs> <laughs> frankly, they the majority of them have 30 or 40 years of work experience behind them. Yes. And they have gone through massive changes. If you're looking at someone who's in their 60s and 70s now, they've ridden the the digital wave. Yes. You know, they've come from next to nothing to everything being um, technology driven. And they understand when we get someone and we just did um, a piece of social justice on digital exclusion and they understand what it's like to not be able to use checkbooks anymore. Yes. They can actually empathise with that. Whereas my younger recruits may not actually get that get at all they'll be like well just use your phone yeah and, and it's just like, pay wave yeah like, what are you doing come on future boy use your Apple pay wave
1: no. yeah
0: um, and you know so you have to have a diverse team because you're dealing with a diverse community but you know when we did the digital exclusion we found that people in their
1: 20s were digitally excluded it's not something that's just going to die out it's a really you interesting know? piece of research and probably mm. something people don't realise about the CAB you know the type of work that you're involved with. It's, it's not just picking up the phone and having conversations, and we will get to the other services, of course, <laughs> but, um, but certainly undertaking research and, and mm. determining... Um, what really creates barriers for people. It's really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if anyone's ever contacted the Citizens Advice Bureau, they should have been asked for demographic information. Mm. And um, we weren't particularly good at it uh, a couple of years ago, but we've gotten better because it's funny, it's a cultural thing. Some people feel very uncomfortable asking for someone's age range, yeah. let alone their age, just like, are you in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s? Um, and also asking someone's ethnicity. Some people mm. find that really difficult to ask that question because they're they're worried about causing offense and it's saying Mm. actually people want the opportunity to tell you who they are they want to self-identify and say actually I struggle with this I'm in my 20s I'm this ethnicity and I don't have a phone I I want people to know this so every time someone calls us or comes in face-to-face or sends an email, we grab these
1: demographics. These are fed into the national office. And they're not identifying. You're not, no, you're not no, no, feeding no. through names or anything like the that. The only
0: time we record names or anything like that is for legal purposes, for legal clinics, and then they they're, t- they're gotten rid of it. And everyone's fully aware of when that happens. Yeah. And no, we actually get to the point now where we don't even use first names in our write-ups. We use initials or we just say the client. Yeah. Because it's a completely confidential service. Fantastic, You know. Yeah. And I think that's... One of our strengths is because, you know, we don't receive any sort of government funding at all. But we are treated like a government agency in a lot of ways. We get a lot of referrals from other government agencies. We know police, council, uh, work and income, they're constantly referring to us. And I think people walk through the door and they're a little bit nervous that they're about to be KPI'd. Yeah. You know, that they're, they're gonna be given 20 minutes, here's your form, off you pop. And the point of being a confidential, neutral service, because we're not gathering information on individuals, we have time, yeah. we have so much time to offer. Um, and a really calm environment where, you know, there's a lot of empathy, there's a lot of research, and we try to explain everything as we go along. So when you're grabbing this demographic data, what do you do with that? So it's stored, obviously, online. Um, So when I do funding applications or I do networking meetings or if I want to prove a point... I can pull local data. So if you say to me, look, there's no one in their 30s who's currently struggling financially or has a problem with the banking ombudsman, I can find exactly how many people called us during a timeline from one date to the other that says, 22 people showed up, these were their age ranges, these were their ethnicities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you think about that kind of data gathering, it's just it's so rich when it comes to being able to say something. So when the Citizens Advice Bureau says something, it's not pulling it
1: out of thin air. Yeah, it's to advocate. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Let's turn to um, to the services because you, you do offer quite a range of services and quite specialist services as well. Um, one area is around law and it's probably one of the the areas that people um know about the most i would think with you guys
0: yeah so i think yeah i think it's pretty clear that citizens advice bureau tend to offer free legal clinics um i actually didn't know about that until oh. i joined i joined the organisation <laughs> um because one of the problems is is that um people are quite wary of the law um they get caught up in it quite quickly and whilst they can probably look at something online they want someone to tell them they're okay yeah um so we offer two free legal services at the moment just one but in two weeks we'll be back to full so we do a monday lunchtime and we do a wednesday evening so what happens at those clinics so you can book up to four people and they get 15 minutes
1: and there's a lawyer there who will give them legal advice And on what kind of, like, is it any kind of legal topic or are Mm. they specialist areas? It depends. So what normally happens, so if you
0: called up a citizen, so if you called up Hamilton CAB and said, I'd like to book a legal clinic, the first question you'll hear is, you, you're going to have to tell me what this is about to yep. see if I can help you find out the information
1: first. Yep.
0: So our interview is triage first to make sure that the legal question that comes
1: through is a legitimate legal question, isn't something that we can find out ourselves. Which might be, say, like a basic consumer guarantees that question. And which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah. <laughs> um,
0: also, neighbourhood issues. Yeah, a lot yeah. of neighbourhood issues. You know, fencing. Yeah. Um, when, uh, where someone has a shared driveway, that kind of thing. You know, people get can get really embroiled in the face to face like conflict and then yeah. they want a lawyer to come in. And normally we can we can sort of um triage them and deal with them and say, you know, like actually what you need to do is you could talk to community law because they run like a family clinic in the evening. Yeah. Or you could actually take this straight to disputes. You don't need a lawyer. These are your rights. This is where you're you're yeah. coming from. So when once it gets through that, we then write it all up. We make it really clear what the, the legal question is and then we hand it. So the lawyer comes in. They volunteer, by the mm. way. Uh, which is fantastic um, because and we so can do these this. And are,
1: so these are fully qualified
0: yes. lawyers? Yes, these are fully qualified lawyers from Hamilton who choose to volunteer for us. Wow. And we have a rolling roster, and it's fantastic. If there's any lawyers out there listening to this, you know, there's mm-hmm. always a space. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, um, so they're fully qualified lawyers. They come in, they spend an hour, and most of the time um, our clients turn up. But I have to say that if you're booking a legal, uh, sorry, if you're booking a legal appointment, please try to show up because they're free. So sometimes we have about a 70% turnout and it's just, you know, our lawyers coming in, they're taking an hour out of their time to do this. So, you know, do try and come in. But um, the legal clinics, yeah, they can run on anything. So a lot of the stuff we deal with is sort of relationship issues, um, childcare, family disputes, and the lawyer will... um, give advice to the best of their abilities in that 15 minutes. Sometimes it means a referral onto someone else and you do have to pay. Yeah. Because
1: it's just too complex. But often you, you it's good to know that that's what you need to do. This is the next step. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: I mean, Citizens Advice Bureau and its core is sort of the connector between yeah. everyone else. So what we do is we try and um, sift through all the information that we're getting from a client because clients will come in and they're in the middle of this conflict and they'll be all over the place, even if they, you know, because everything's personal, even yeah. if it's an employment issue or even if it's a consumer, you feel personal about it, you know, you feel vulnerable, and we have to sift through all this information. And then we go, This is who you need. This is the next step. Here are Mm. your rights. These are the questions you should be asking. Go and prepare this. You know, we tell people to make timelines of information. We tell people these are the questions that you're going to be wanting to ask. This is the focus. And we try to get rid of the noise. Yeah. You know, because they'll say things like, oh, my neighbor has done this. And we'll be like, okay, but what the core of this issue is it's actually the fence Mm. it's not whether or not their kids are in the back garden it's not whether or not your kids are in the back garden so when you go to the next step and when you talk to the next person about it these are the questions you want to focus on yeah and we guide and we advocate for people
1: so that would save people a lot of money too when they got to that point (laughs) with the lawyer (laughs) yeah yeah except for the important stuff to not waste (laughs) another because it's what you're charged by the six minutes or yeah, something pretty much and <laughs> I mean
0: we do actually have a couple of lawyers who will tell us when they're doing uh, free consultations oh that is handy that's quite nice when they contact us we don't specify uh, individual lawyers because we can't we can't recommend anyone specifically so sometimes we have had this where someone's called us up and they said you know a good family lawyer yeah and the people uh, the interviewer has googled and said I'm googling this this is a neutral search these yes. are the first three names that came up because they can't say, oh, well, so-and-so.
1: Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, consumer rights, that's something that you guys were um, providing information around as well? Mm,
0: definitely. Yeah, so I'm not particularly hot on consumer rights, so please don't ask me any specific <laughs> questions, but I That's why you're the, the manager. <laughs> I'm the manager. Uh, no, we actually have three consumer advocates, and they um so all of our interviewers are trained to a level on the consumer guarantees, guarantees act and you can find it online so if you take a look at our website you can you can find all the information you need but when it becomes a bit tricky when someone like an organisation is pushing back and saying well actually no this is your fault or we yeah. we're, we're going to you know articulate this really A terrible piece of policy that stops you from getting through. That's when uh, our interviewer would pass you on to a consumer advocate, and like we have some, we have fantastic advocates. I mean, one of mine, she'll respond to people on Gmail, and I've seen seven or eight emails going back and forth with. This is clearly what you need to do. Here's your templates for your letters. Mm. Here's how you fill things in. They're going to tell you this. You're going to ignore that, and you're going to say this. And and it's just amazing the service they give. Yeah. Because one of the things we found is a lot of the time the bigger organisations will just turn around and say no yeah we're not we're not refunding this or we're not repairing this um this is your fault and they're completely in the wrong yeah they're completely in the wrong so are they are they rolling the dice do you think (laughs) absolutely because they know and it's i mean let's be honest we have a bit of a consumer problem at the moment where people if you buy something that's a little bit cheap or on a sale, yeah. you go, oh, it broke six months later. That's my fault for buying cheap. It's like, actually, yeah. it's not. You're still
1: covered. I I bought, I won't mention where from, but <laughs> I had bought um, a, a product that... Um, had a, a fault in the end after about three months and it shouldn't have and it was actually a well-priced product as well so it made me feel even more confident but I went into the store to to show them about that and to get a replacement and they said oh you can just send that away and they will uh, the, the, you know you can go straight to the manufacturer and they'll yes. deal with it and I said yes I can and I can come in here as well. Mm, yeah. And that's what I'm gonna do. And she said, um, no, we'd prefer you go to the manufacturer yeah, and I, I bet said they would. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd prefer to come here. <laughs> and I am here now and that's what I'm gonna do. And she was really pushing. And in the end, um, I said, Can we have a chat with the manager? And so she nice. brought the manager over and the manager just looked at her with this expression on his face like What are you doing? Are you serious? Mm. He just said, Get her a replacement. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: And we get that a lot and the, the sending off to manufacturers is terrible because actually that's not who's responsible you can go there but you don't have to go there absolutely not and the thing is I mean I'll I'll plug the website quickly here you know www.cab.org.nz if you look up the Consumer Guarantees Act it actually has a walkthrough on what Mm. your rights are and you can quite clearly go in the other thing we should probably just pitch in quickly is uh, warranties
1: Yes. Whenever yeah. someone
0: tries to sell you a warranty An extended please, warranty on a product yeah, please ask them what does this cover that the Consumer Guarantees Act does not? And if they can't answer that, you shouldn't be buying it.
1: What I have heard before is a response saying that they will cover that that the warranties will cover it for longer. But actually it seems to me that the warranty the extended warranty covers it for longer than the one year warranty does that it comes with. But actually products may be deemed to should live beyond that anyway so would still be covered by the act absolutely so yeah, yeah. just be
0: careful for tricky wording and yeah. things like that
1: just double check
0: and you know and, and sometimes the ma- and some not manufacturers sorry sometimes the retailers they aren't actually aware of what they're doing if you've got yes. frontline staff who are being trained and they're being told you need to sell this and you need to sell that and it doesn't cover this they'll go along with their
1: training so oh, just
0: right. do- always double yeah. check
1: yeah, I think that's really, really mm. good advice. it's um, yeah, literally what we yeah. do. <laughs> it's not what you do. No, as You're the manager, manager no. <laughs> I lead. <laughs> Tell me about employment disputes because I, I think you, you get a bit of that as well.
0: Oh, yeah, we do. And we've, we, we're actually really lucky at the moment. So we've got a young workers' clinic on a Friday morning, which is run by the Young Workers Resource Centre, which is fantastic, and that's for under 35s. And we found that there's been quite an increase in casual contracts and problems around uh, just basic employment rights with young people as well. So definitely if you've got a new contract or if you've got any sort of disputes, come and find us and we'll help you out. And I'm actually really lucky at the moment because I have two and possibly a third coming on, employment mediators. So these are accredited interviewers Mm. who have chosen to step into a little bit more of a detailed role. So like our consumer advocates, they're people who have a background in employment or HR, Yeah. and they're willing to stand side by side with someone. Now, they can't act for them in any way because this is a volunteer. But if you come in and you have a really difficult circumstance where, you know, you've been made redundant or you've got a personal grievance or there's bullying going on, my employment mediators are able to spend a couple of hours going through everything with you. And they can even see you outside of their shift times as long as, you know, they are it's negotiated It's yeah. negotiated
1: and it works. And, um, that, that is a hugely helpful service. People feel really vulnerable when they're having difficulty yep. at work, eh? Well, the problem is, is I, I mean, this could
0: be just an individual experience, but I was always taught to believe what my employer said. You know, my employer's looking out for my best interests. They have my best interests at heart. If they say something isn't possible, it's not possible. Yes, I realise I am a naive child.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm an optimist like that. <laughs> Why would they lie? Why <laughs> Why would they lie
0: you'd, you'd hope that employers would have yeah and the majority of them do but unfortunately sometimes they will tell you something like a retailer will tell you something as if it's a fact and it's not yes and you do need to double check and definitely you know keep an eye on your contracts and things like that make sure clauses are workable mm. but again like front staff sometimes employers uh or their hr aren't actually aware that what they're saying is wrong and I think that's the worst position we've been in is when we've had an employee who's come in and who's been made redundant and the HR person hasn't followed process properly but it's because their process within their organisation is wrong yes and taking them to task over that is quite difficult because you have to be really gentle because they're not doing it out of maliciousness they're just doing it because they thought this was the law yes um and then the employee and the employer has to work together in the in the end as well. So yeah. we do look a lot at mediation, we do look a lot at advocacy. Yeah.
1: So um I mean, that that's, I suppose, a whole lot of stuff kind of around legal kind of grounds, yeah. largely. So, yeah,
0: community law is a really good advocate for that as yeah.
1: well. Yeah, but the other space you work in, and we don't have a lot of time left, but um, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm trying to think of the term you call it, but it's the listening ear stuff. Yeah, Yeah, so so
0: yeah, we have um, three different kinds of write-ups, is what we call So everyone we see here or, or basically deal with, we write up where we get our demographics from, but we also write up the client problems. And the main one is the interview. And that's a long, long one where we evidence what we're doing. And we take it from our website. And then there's the quick reference we talked about earlier, which is the phone call. Yes. Um, really straightforward. But we have an other and we fill that in when we call it listening ear. And we have clients who come in and or they phone us and they just need someone to talk to. I mean, our training tells us that if someone comes to you and says, look, this is what I'm going to do A, B and C, we still double check it. That's still an interview. Mm. But we're talking about people who are just... They're kind of vulnerable in the community. They don't really fit with anyone else. They just want to know that they're not on their own. Mm. And because our interviewers don't have a KPI that says you need to get them off the phone in 15 minutes, or they can just spend hours with them just talking. I mean, we know for a fact that we had one client who we believe, and this is a thing, it's confidential, so we don't know. We believe that she may have been in hospital. And she was calling us during visiting hours to have someone to talk to. Mm. And the first call was about cooking recipes. And the other one was about um, Maori um, uh, historical uh, events and things like that. We were looking them up on Google. And it was just someone who needed a friendly voice, Mm. that human connection. And I think that's why the Citizens Advice Bureau is still really important. Because even though you can find the information on Google, you just need that voice to tell you, you're
1: right. Yeah. Or this is where it comes from. Or don't worry. It's feeling this is the evidence. It's feeling validated as a human, eh? Yeah. That yeah. Human connection. Yeah. I think that's a really important part of um, the work you do, and I imagine over COVID, um, you know that, yeah. that there was a lot of need for people to reach out? There was, it was actually, yeah. So
0: we we mobilized really quickly because of course we're volunteer based. So all the paid staff went home and immediately started taking up phone calls. And because of the way our website works, I can offer someone community support regardless of where they are in the country. So we have, Mm. I think something like 35,000 organizations on our website. So if someone phoned me up and they were stuck in say Dunedin, I could give them a local advocate for their information even though I was based in Hamilton. And it was hor- it was it was really surreal in a way because we went home and we were locked down immediately and I, I felt really you know I felt really closed in and, and sad. And then I started answering the phone and I realized how incredibly lucky I was. Yeah. You know, I live in a village where I'm able to walk around outside. We had people who had literally just bought a house. And weren't able to move. Yeah,
1: you know, that'd be devastating,
0: wouldn't it? I I had a mum call me because her son in his forties needed to to drive up to them because he was moving in with them that week. And how how was she going to get to her baby? Yeah, it was the sweetest call I've ever had. You
1: know. Yeah.
0: But yeah, we also had people reaching out to just talk. We had a lot of that as well during that time. People needed it.
1: So basically, that's a CAB does kind of everything. Yeah, <laughs> if you need something, <laughs> just give them a call. Yeah, if we can't help you, we definitely know someone who will. That's that's exactly <laughs> it. So at the moment, call in and see them um, at, at council um, as of uh, the twenty first. I it? know we're so bad 20th, at dates. Neither of us figured out what that Monday yeah, is. <laughs> Monday the twenty first. Pretty sure it's that. There you go. Um, do go and see them, fifty five Victoria Street. Thank you so much for a chat today. Okay, thanks, Holly. And it's Vicky from the COB and you've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato Free FM eighty nine point zero.